1: The layoffs just keep coming in the gaming industry. For January 12, 2024. This is Let's Play Daily Gaming News. Hey, what's going on? My name's Nate Bender, and welcome to Let's Play, a daily gaming news podcast where we run down everything you need to know from the gaming world in just about five minutes. Coming up, Steam has announced a new policy to allow games that use AI tools. Did a Bluetooth speaker company just reveal the Switch 2's release date? Plus, we'll have the most important stories from this week in gaming with the Friday Replay. The video game industry is continuing the massive layoffs just 11 days into the new year, with Playtica eliminating 400 jobs in their latest round of layoffs. If you're unfamiliar with Playtica, they're the developers behind the mobile titles that all of our moms play, such as World Series of Poker, Bingo Blitz, and Vegas Words. Playtica's layoffs are caused by two factors. First, the company has been struggling to continue the trend of record-breaking profits last year generating only $630 million in revenue, a 2.7 decrease year-over-year. Year. After accounting for operating costs, Playtika's net income fell 44.4 percent year-over-year. Despite the fact that Playtika is still technically profitable, investors will continue to cry that profits just weren't enough and call for cost-cutting measures. The second factor is that Playtika acquired two independent developers last year. The the Netherlands-based UTA Games for $165 million, and the Israeli-based InPlay Labs for $300 million. And like I've said in the past, consolidation will always cause a massive layoff once restructuring starts. So because of these two factors, Playtika's executive team cut 10% of its total workforce, forcing the lowest on the totem pole to pay the price for upper management's poor business decisions. Valve released new publishing criteria for games that use artificial intelligence as a tool in development this week. For developers, Valve updated their content surveys for publishing adding a section for developers to disclose how they used AI. Valve is classifying the use of AI-generated content into two categories, called pre-generated and live-generated. Pre-generated is where video game developers use AI tools to generate content during development. Live-generated is when AI tools are being used post-launch within the game to generate content when the game is running. In either case, the developer has to sign off that their game doesn't violate any copyrights. Developers also have to disclose to Valve what kind of guardrails they're using to prevent copyright infringement when implementing AI-generated content. On top of the new guidelines for developers, Valve pushed an update to Steam to add a new report function to the in-game Steam overlay, allowing players to report games for illegal uses of AI-generated content. In addition, Valve is warning players on what kind of AI content is being used by developers on the game's Steam Store page. Overall, these new policies allow a bunch of new games on Steam that have been jumping onto the generative AI bandwagon. And with SAG-AFTRA striking a deal for the use of AI-generated voice doubles, Steam needed to come up with a solution. It'll be interesting to see how well Valve can combat the inevitable ethical and legal issues that will arise from this policy change. Altec Lansing, the speaker manufacturer, is stirring up the Nintendo Switch 2 rumor mills early this year. Altec Lansing recently acquired the license to revive GameShark, the old console cheat software. Altec Lansing renamed this project to AI Shark and issued a press release Thursday morning. The press release said, quote, "...the official launch of AI Shark is planned to coincide with the Nintendo Switch 2 in September 2024." However, an Alltech Lansing spokesperson later retracted the statement, claiming the press release was, quote, "...guessing about the Nintendo Switch 2's release window." Now look, if this was a credible leak, Nintendo would have rained legal hellfire upon those who dare reveal their next console. So unless we start seeing some wild legal filings out of Nintendo, this is just a blatant PR stunt. A PR stunt that got the entire games media to give free press to the reanimated corpse of GameShark. All right, it's Friday, and this is normally where we like to read a podcast review, but we don't have a new one this week. So head on over to Apple Podcasts, Audible, Podcast Addict, CastBox, Podchaser, and Amazon, and let us know what you think of the show. Good or bad, we want to hear it. All right, with it being Friday, let's check out some of the biggest stories from this week in gaming with the Friday Replay. Over the weekend, Bloomberg's Cecilia D'Anastasio released another report on yet another avenue predators use to prey on children on Twitch. Over the last year, D'Anastasio, in a joint investigation with the Canadian Center for Children Protection, found that child predators have been using Twitch's Clips feature to capture instances of sexualized content of children. In one example, D'Anastasio described a 12-year-old boy who was coerced into exposing himself through twitch chat an account that follows over 100 other children on the platform clipped the 22nd incident the clip has been viewed over 130 times according to Bloomberg's investigation Anastasio expands the research further, stating that her team analyzed over 1,100 Twitch clips, 83 of which contained sexualized content involving children. The Canadian Centre for Children Protection pointed out 34 clips in particular. These clips were from boys between the age of 5 and 12 and after viewer encouragement would expose themselves. According to Anastasio's report, these clips have been viewed upwards of 20 2700 times these clips have thankfully been taken down by twitch after bloomberg reached out and alerted them ceo of twitch dan clancy issued a statement in response saying quote youth harm anywhere online is deeply disturbing even one instance is too many and we take this issue extremely seriously Clancy further elaborates that Twitch is collaborating with several agencies to continue to combat the child predator issues. Twitch is also working on better methods to delete and disable harmful clips. Personally, though, Twitch needs to do better regardless of what Clancy claims they are doing. In covering this issue, Twitch has failed to take predation of children seriously. And in response to deAnastasio's first report in 2022, Twitch coincidentally removed the API functionality that she and her team were using to track child predators on the platform. And I just want to remind you quickly that the first report revealed a ring of 2,000 accounts that were preying on an estimated 276,000 children. Twitch further dropped the ball in April of 2023 when they laid off 15% of their internal trust and safety team, the team responsible for combating this entire issue. The last damning thing to round out this story is that Twitch doesn't moderate clips. Twitch entirely relies on users to report clips manually, meaning someone has to stumble upon this material and report it for themselves. And look, I don't think that's anywhere near adequate enough to combat this issue. At the very least, there needs to be a dedicated team scrubbing through these clips. Overall, the child predator problem should be one of Twitch's highest priorities right now. And given Twitch's recent track record, I have my doubts that they will address this issue promptly without large public outcry or credible threats of government regulation. The Creative Arts Emmys were filmed over the weekend and are slated to air Saturday, January 13th and Sunday, January 14th, leading into the Primetime Emmy Award Show on Monday, January 15th. However, ahead of that airing, we have gotten a good look at the winners for the Creative Arts Emmys. Surprisingly, a video game adaptation took home eight total awards. And that video game adaptation is Naughty Dog and HBO's The Last of Us TV show. Comedic actor Nick Offerman won Outstanding Guest Actor in a Drama Series for his portrayal of Bill, with Offerman really capturing the essence of Bill from the original game. Storm Reid also won Outstanding Guest Actress in a Drama for her performance as Riley Abel in the episode Left Behind. The Last of Us TV show also won outstanding prosthetic makeup, special visual effects, main title design, sound editing, and mixing for a comedy or drama series. Overall, this is a great accomplishment for any video game adaptation, and with eight total Emmy wins out of their 24 total nominations, The Last of Us TV show is well on its way to becoming one of the TV shows with the most Emmy wins. The Last of Us is also nominated for three primetime Emmys, Outstanding Drama Series, Lead Actress for Bella Ramsey's Portrayal of Ellie, and Lead Actor for Pedro Pascal's Portrayal of Joel. So with any luck, The Last of Us TV show will end up taking home 11 total awards this Emmy season. Electronic Arts partnered with Square Enix on Tuesday to kick off a crossover event for Apex Legends and Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. The crossover event brings Final Fantasy VII-inspired cosmetics to the Battle Royale. However, be warned that EA and Square Enix are looking to hoover your money out of your pockets. There are 36 items in total locked behind $10 loot boxes that have a chance to drop one of the Final Fantasy VII cosmetics meaning the minimum amount of money to get all of these cosmetics is roughly $360, though it has the potential to be much more expensive depending on the loot box's drop rate. EA is also incentivizing collecting these cosmetics with an unlockable Death Box skin and Cloud's iconic Buster Sword if you collect all 36 event cosmetics. The Buster Sword in particular is the first Apex heirloom cosmetic weapon to be available to every player playable legend within Apex Legends. Now, if it wasn't plainly obvious, this entire crossover event is a giant cash grab. All EA and SE are doing is trying to capitalize on fans' nostalgia and hype around Final Fantasy 7. While games like Apex Legends are free-to-play, it's still egregious of both companies to ask a minimum $360 for cosmetic items for a limited-time event. SAG-AFTRA announced earlier this week that they are entering into an agreement with Replica Studios, an AI voice developer. This agreement is SAG-AFTRA's first steps in protecting their union members from the ethical concerns of AI technology. SAG-AFTRA has secured the following contract concessions. 1. Established minimum terms and conditions that benefit union members who license their digital voice double. And 2. Union members will have the opportunity to opt out of the continued use of their digital voice double in new works. As for Replica Studios' part in this agreement, the AI voice developer will be the middleman between voice talent and the video game industry. Voice Talent will create the data sets needed to digitize their voice with Replica Studios. A video game company will then work with the voice talent to hammer out a licensing agreement. After the license is granted, Replica Studios gives the video game company access to the digital voice double data, allowing these companies to make a digital voice double using their own AI training model or Replica Studios' own platform. Overall, this agreement is a giant step in the right direction for SAG-AFTRA union members, especially video game voice talent who have been bargaining with the video game industry for three years now to establish a new contract. All right, that's it for today's episode of Let's Play. Make sure you subscribe so you can come back on Monday for even more video game news. Follow us on TikTok at Let's Play Gaming News and leave us a podcast review on Apple Podcasts, Audible, Podcast Addict, CastBox, Podchaser, and Amazon. Story selection and writing by Aaron Pillen. You can follow him on Blue Sky at LloydFFXI. You can follow me on Twitter at Nate Benderama and catch me streaming on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Radio. My name's Nate Bender. Keep listening.